Is your business worth saving? Welcome to Business Rescue Roadmap, providing new approaches to your business, how to avoid pitfalls, and proven methods to take your business to the top. Save your business, rescue your life with your host and business coach, Stacy Tushel. Hello and welcome to the show, Business Rescue Roadmap. I'm your host, Stacey Tushel, and on today's episode, we have Aaron Walker, and I really hope you know who he is. He has such an impressive background, and let me just give you a little glimpse into what he does, and he is a businessman and life coach, and he has inspired so many people through his leadership, his mentorship, and his consistent pursuit of excellence. He has been helping others for over 35 years, and an entrepreneurship and marriage has given him the wealth of experience. And he is so big on leading a life of success and significance. And that's why I wanted him to be on the show today to share that with you. So Aaron, thank you so much for being here. And welcome to the show. Thank you, Stacy. It's a real honor to be on Business Rescue Roadmap. Thank you. Thank you. And Aaron does a lot of podcasts. And some of the big ones I want to name specifically is he was an entrepreneur on fire. I'm a big fan of John Lee Dumas. He is one of their top 10 most popular episodes, I think number three. And he is also one of only 20 guests who invited back for a second appearance and his only three three repeat guests. So, so incredible. Such a cool thing that you were on, not only have those results, but on John Lee Dumas's show. So please fill us in a little bit more because I know I barely shared a glimpse of what you do, who you are. Let my listeners know a little bit more about you. Well, thanks, Stacey. I appreciate that. I don't want to make this interview all about myself. I want to make it about some challenges that I've overcome and some successes that I've had maybe to inspire your listeners. But just for content, Tech's sake, I'll give you just a 30,000 foot overview if you'll allow me to for a couple of minutes and I'll kind of share my journey. So first of all, I don't come from a privileged background at all. My dad was a general contractor, probably never, never made over $15,000 a year in his life. And we were raised in a 600 square foot house. You know, I have two brothers and a sister and I know all about what it's like to be poor. And so I started working at 13 years old in uh, a store in Madison, Tennessee. I'm a native Nashvilleian. Fell in love with the business, decided at 15 to go into that business for myself. Went to summer school, night school for about 18 months. Had enough credits to graduate the beginning of my junior year. Worked my junior and senior year. When I turned 18 years old, I met a couple of guys that had a lot of money. They had been buying diamonds and gold from me for years. Uh, there was a retail establishment that I was involved in, and I approached them one day, and I said, hey, why don't we take your your money and my experience, and let's open our own business. They kind of laughed, and they said, we've never had an 18-year-old approach us before. Let us think about it. So they did. Over the next 90 days, we developed a business plan and went into business for ourselves. So I'll make this really short if I can, but it's 37 years, so I, I'll take just a second. So it became very successful early on, right out of the gate. It became very successful. We worked really hard. Robin and I, my wife now of 36 years, we got married two weeks out of high school. I can't believe I look back now and think, oh my goodness. But uh, we worked in the business together and we grew it. And we decided that we wanted to do it differently. We wanted to really invest the money back into the company. And we didn't want to increase our lifestyle. We wanted to kind of delay gratification for a later time. 
So we took a 10-year loan that we had for $150,000, which in the 70s, that was a lot of money. And we started paying it as rapidly as we could. And we paid off that first store in a little over three years. So we took the money, saved it. We didn't increase our lifestyle. And we bought a second store. And we did the same thing with it. It took about four and a half years. And then when I was 25 years old, we bought our fourth, our third store. When I was 26, we bought our fourth store. When I was 27 years old, a Fortune 500 company approached me and wanted to buy our business. We negotiated over about a six-month period, finally agreed on a price, and at 27, I was done. And so I thought, well, this is pretty cool. You know, you go from not having any money at 18, and I'm 27, and I'm retired. And I thought, this is a really cool thing. And so I woke up, you know, and Robin said, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to go play golf today. Well, I did that for about 18 months, Stacy, and it lost its luster. I'm surprised it and, lasted that long. <laughs> yeah, well, me too, quite honestly. But I, I'm, I'm an outdoorsman, so I like to fish and hunt and play golf. And so I did that for a season and a half. And then uh, one day I was getting in the bed. I wasn't laying on the bed. I was getting in the bed in the middle of the day. I was became very depressed and I was bored. And Robin come and woke me up one day and she said, you're not the guy I married. I mean, what's going on? And I said, I don't have any reason to get up. I mean, there was nothing motivating me. I had two little girls at the time. I was, you know, I was the only dad at the Brownie event, you know, in the Girl Scouts during the day. And so I said, I don't, I don't really have any motivation. She said, Avery, you got to do something. So I go back to the guy I started with when I was a child, and I made him an offer to buy half the company, and I did. And we spent the next 10 years growing a very successful business. We grew it to about four times the size it was. I worked three days a week. He worked the other three, and we grew it to a very successful company. Well, I turned 40 years old at this time, and I was headed to work, and it was August 1st, 2001, headed about 730 in the morning going down Gallatin Road. It's a major thoroughfare in Nashville and four-lane highway. And there was a guy crossing the street to catch the bus, and he didn't look my way, and I ran over him and uh, and killed him. And my world changed that day, Stacy. I can't even begin to tell you how my world changed. And I started reflecting on my past, and I thought, what would my legacy be had that been me? And I thought, you know, I was successful, right? That's what people would remember. They would remember I had a nice house and we had a couple of vacation homes, one in Destin, one in the mountains and at different times, not simultaneously. And that's what people would remember. And so I went to Robin and I said, listen, we've been working really hard since I was 18 and now I'm 40 and I'm going to retire for the second time. And uh, she agreed. So we sold the business and I took off the next five years. I didn't do anything. We built a new house and we traveled extensively and you don't kill a pedestrian and get over it overnight, right? It takes time. So I had counseling and coaches and people around me and really, really cool people that came around me and helped me and worked through that. So again, I'm getting fat and lazy again. Robin goes, you've gained 50 pounds. You're lazy again. It's time to get your hiney and back to work. So I did. We uh, went in the construction business, and we had a very successful construction company. We were number one three consecutive years here in Middle Tennessee. It took about eight years to build this company. And then at 50, I retired again. Robin said I've retired more than the law allows. So I've been in a mastermind group for, you know, a decade plus with uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, some of you will know who he is. Some of you won't. Dave Ramsey, 
uh, Dan Miller, 48 Days to the Work You Love. Ken Abraham is one of the most noted authors, probably nationally speaking now. He's got 110 books to his credit. Uh, Jeff Mosley, he's a Christian label. Some of the groups like Mercy Me, things like that are, are his groups. They were all in this mastermind group. And a lot of people say, man, that would be cool. You know, I, who wouldn't be in that mastermind group? But I want to go back for a second because those guys weren't who they are uh, then is who they are now. And that's the value of being in a mastermind group. we got to grow our businesses together because we've been friends since 1995. And so when Dave Ramsey started, I was one of his first sponsors, and I've been on his show 21 years, a business I owned or have owned advertising, the second longest sponsor that he's had. There were three people that worked for Dave uh, when I started with him, and now there's 550, about to be 1,000. He's increasing it to 1,000 employees. But I've got to see the inner workings of those businesses. And then Ken Abraham, all the books he's written, and Dan Miller doing 48 Days to the Work You Love. I got to see that uh, mature and to materialize into the businesses that they are today. So I've just been privileged from that standpoint to be around those guys and challenge each other and be around non-biased people that uh, will give you honest feedback. And so through that process, uh, they encouraged me to coach. They said, you're 50, you're too young to retire. So I started View from the Top, and now we have national and international clients, and we have seven mastermind groups that I facilitate, and we have what's called the community, and we have people from all over the world now that are participating in our community. And Stacy, I'm having more fun today than I've ever had in my entire life being able to help ordinary men become extraordinary. Well, and I love that you are facilitating these mastermind groups because you just said how impactful that was for you. And they say, you know, you are the average of the five people you hang around the most and look who you're hanging around. I mean, there is no way that my listeners don't know somebody that you mentioned. So I, I just think it's so amazing that you were able to give back to something that you can attribute to a lot of your success as well. Well, that was the reason we started the mastermind groups. Uh, I was coaching one-on-one, -on -one, and quite honestly, uh, you, you, to your admission, you said you really like John Lee Dumas, and John's become a good friend over the past three years. And uh, when I was on his show the first time, my schedule filled up immediately. And then it's kept me pretty busy since then. Well, I've, I've done a lot of interviews last year, and so the more shows you're on, the more people you reach, and people reach out. But the thing is, is we've, we're offering opportunities for everybody at every stage. You know, the, the community is very affordable to get in. The mastermind groups are very affordable, and I facilitate each and every one of those presently. Uh, there's some opportunities coming to where I've been mentoring facilitators, and we're going to expand that. It's going to be under my leadership and my direction, but maybe not necessarily my facilitating each and every week. But that's coming. I mean, that's on the drawing board. And uh, then the one-on-one -on -one coaching, I really love to help guys get a sense of balance in their life. And that's what I really would love to discuss for a moment if we could, because you mentioned it in the intro, is I have a strong desire for people to be very successful. And I love to make money. And I don't want to be that guy that says that has money. Money's not important. And I want to go, you're a liar. It is important. Let's take that money away from you and let's see how important it is. It's very important, but I don't want people to make it their central focus. 
I don't want to make it the reason you get up each and every day because we have a purpose. There's meaning. And what I learned through that accident, Stacy, was that we can be successful simultaneously being significant. And if you'd like to break that down, boy, I would love to. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm a big believer in the work-life balance and and bringing that significance that you're talking about. So absolutely, let's let's go into this a little bit more in detail. Yeah, people ask me daily, you know, what is success? You know, what does that even mean? And I can't say for Stacy what success is, right? We all have uh, the metrics that we measure success and significance. But for me personally, I love having a little bit of financial freedom. You know, I don't make any uh, apologies for that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't really have to worry about paying the electric bill anymore. And, and I, that feels good, quite honestly. And I think it's everyone wants to achieve that. The second thing is, is my schedule. And I really enjoy being able to determine each and every day what I'm going to do. I've been an entrepreneur now since I was 18. I'm 55. And so each and every day I have selected, you know, what my day was going to look like. So for me, that's success. But the bigger successes that I have found is relationships. And we very, very much are intentional about building relationships. And I have been from the very beginning. One of the true life lessons that I learned back in 2006, I think your audience will find this interesting, because we spend so much time being successful. And that's great. But my dad passed away. My dad was my best friend in 2006. And I stood at the funeral home greeting the people there that were to pay their condolences. And the line started at about 2.30 in the afternoon. It went to the parking lot, literally outside. It was an hour and a half wait to come through the line. And for six and a half hours, I stood there at his casket greeting the people paying their condolences. And here's what's interesting to me. Everybody from 15 years old to 80 years old said, let me tell you what your dad did for me. Let me tell you how your dad impacted my life. Let me tell you how your dad's words of encouragement or he was there for me to listen. For six and a half hours, everyone said, let me tell you what the relationship meant to me. Not one person, Stacy, said your dad had a nice boat, a nice house, a nice car. Nothing was ever mentioned tangible. And what I learned out of that is we spend 95% of our time trying to acquire more material possessions, and we forget the thing that matters the most, and that's the relationship. And what I've learned through this process, and I've watched it early on, but my dad didn't care about making money. He was a horrible businessman, but he had high character, he had high values, and he was a man of integrity. And people respected my dad. They loved my dad. You would love, you would want to hug my dad in five minutes after being around him because he loved life and he loved people. And he didn't let money interfere with that. Well, what I've watched over time is, is nobody really cares what we have. They only want to know how much you care about them. And so now a big part of our day is building relationships intentionally. And we do that very systematically. I mean, I'll sit down and do a video endorsement, send it out to people that don't even ask for it, or I'll do a LinkedIn reference or a recommendation before people ask for it. I'll call them on the phone and I'll say, hey, you know, Billy, how's it going? Checking on you. They're always waiting on the question. You ever notice that? You ever notice when somebody calls you and they say, Stacy, you doing okay? Well, you're thinking, okay, they'll get to the question. Right, what do they want? <laughs> and what I tell people is, is if you want to make a real lasting impression, call people when you don't need anything. Don't ask the question. They'll hang up and they'll, it'll make an indelible impression on those people because you were really interested in them. 
And so we teach things like that every day. And as the natural reciprocity out of that, you'll become more successful. Now, people say, I don't even know what significance means. You know, like explain that to me. What is significance? Well, what I have to do is evaluate my motives. Stacy, I have to ask my question. If I'm going to be on Stacy's show on Business Rescue Roadmap, what is my motivation? And I told you early on the onset, my motivation is to help your audience grow. That's my true motivation. Now, my business intellect tells me, though, that by doing that and being natural at it and my motivation being pure, people, the natural reciprocity will be people want to do business with you. They want to buy your service. They want to buy your product. And so you just get in this cadence, if you will, of doing things for the right reason and the natural reciprocity comes back. The other thing is, is help people that can't help you. Let me give you some examples. And this is for my benefit, not for their benefit. So we'll take our grandchildren. I have five grandchildren. Biggest blessing of my life. They're from eight weeks old to 14 years old. And I'll take them to Waffle House. They love to go to Waffle House. And we'll sit and we'll pick out two or three tables at random. And we'll tell the waitress, bring us the check anonymously. And my grandchildren love it because they're getting to pick out the tables. And we buy their breakfast and we'll leave. And then we'll go to maybe the nursing home. We don't even have anybody in the nursing home. And we'll play checkers with those senior adults or carry them candy or hang out with them, just encourage them. Or we'll go to the children's hospital and give out donuts to the... We never tell people who we are because we don't want that recognition. We don't want to be noticed, right? And what it does is, is it changes something in you, right? So every time I go to Starbucks or a fast food restaurant, I'm picking up somebody's lunch or breakfast. So I got to tell you a quick story. A couple of weeks ago, I was in Starbucks and there was a lady, two persons ahead of me that was driving me nuts. The lady couldn't make up her mind. I'm thinking, lady, it's seven o'clock in the morning. I haven't had any coffee. You're going to have to hurry up. I'm getting ill. And I'm I think, God, this is, they've never changed their menu. Why can't you just order? She's talking about fruit pies and lattes. And I'm like, just order some coffee. So anyway, she gets her coffee, goes away. And the guy in front of me is standing there and he orders his. And I tap him on the shoulder and I said, Hey, get whatever you want. And he goes, well, I fully intend on it. And I said, no, I'm going to pick you up. And he goes, why? And I said, I just want to bless you. And he goes, not really. Why? I can afford to buy my own coffee. And I said, well, you want to know the truth? I got to change my attitude. The lady ahead of you, I wanted to shoot her. <laughs> I wanted her to just go away. And he started laughing. He said, do you do this often? And I said, actually, I do. I said, I really get a blessing out of doing things for other people. Didn't tell him who I was, never introduced myself. He said, you know, that's cool. I'm going to start doing that. So a week later, I'm in the same Starbucks. I do it again to the guy behind me. I get my coffee. I'm walking out the door. And you know what I heard? I heard the guy that I picked up his tell the cashier, Hey, I got the three people behind me. And I'm like, yes, that's what it's about. Right. It's paying it forward. We ha you get what you're looking for in anything. If you're looking for good things, you find good things. If you give generosity, you get it back. And I just want to encourage the people that are there. If you want to be significant, do things for the right motivation, do things for people that can't pay you back. Uh, invest in others for the long term, not just for next Friday, but help change generations to come and you'll be successful and significant. 
Yeah, such a huge takeaway there. And I've heard that phrase before, too, where they talk about, you know, if you feel like you're missing something, give that back, you know, give that to somebody else, and you will get it in return. And what a great couple stories that you just shared with us. And, and thank you for doing that. Because I know you can go through things a little quickly. And I love hearing the details people are going to use though. And they're going to remember that we always remember stories like that. Yeah, Stacy, the last thing I'll say in regards to that is this, and people in person will tell me this when I'm either giving a speech or coaching, they'll say, you know what, Aaron, if I had your kind of money, I would do those things too. And I stop them and I say, hold on a second. Money magnifies what's in the heart. It doesn't change it. And if you're not doing it on a really small level today, you wouldn't do it if you had a lot of money. It doesn't cost anything. I wrote a blog post recently, and I went to uh, a little restaurant here locally, and I sat at the front door by myself. And people that came through the door, I, I looked at them real solemn. I didn't smile. I just glared at them. I just, like, looked at them in the eye. That's exactly the look I got back. <clears throat> Fifteen minutes later, every person I did it to gave me that look back. The next 15 minutes, everybody that came through the door, I was grinning. I was showing my teeth. I was smiling. I waved. They did it. Every person, not one person looked away or thought, what an idiot. What's this guy doing? I'm speaking. I'm laughing. You see, the thing is, is, is we get out of life what we, what we bring. And so if you want to have the kind of life I'm talking about, you don't have to have money. You can give the smile. You can give the time. It doesn't cost anything to go to the nursing home to play checkers with a senior adult. And it doesn't cost anything to buy a dozen donuts, you know, to go to the hospital and visit with people, encourage them, tell them, you know, I hope your loved one that's being operated on is okay. Just a word of encouragement. It doesn't cost anything to do those things. You can do the things that cost money. We do scholarships, you know, for kids in the eighth grade, gives them hope to further their education. And we followed those kids and, they were in economic conditions that they would have never gone to college. But as a result of that, they became officers in the military. They became nurses. Uh, you can change people's lives if you're electing to, but don't think it costs money to change people's lives because it doesn't. Yeah, excellent. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned that too, because I think you were right. People were going to go right there and think, well, he has the money to do this. So I love that you brought that up. Hey guys, let me pause for just a minute and tell you about one of our sponsors, FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the online accounting software that I personally use in my business. And a couple of the things that I use it for is something like invoicing. You can use FreshBooks to create and send invoices in about 30 seconds. There is no formatting, no fuss, just perfectly crafted invoice and they also have late payment reminders so when a client forgets to pay you on time let FreshBooks handle the, the awkwardness with customizable late payment reminders all right now go and check out their 30-day free trial you do not need a credit card to sign up and you can just go to freshbooks.com forward slash rescue and then let them know you heard about us on the Business Rescue Roadmap. So check it out. See what I use to help save my business and rescue my life every day. All right, back to the show. Well, let me ask you, what do you think are a few of your personal strengths? You know, what have what's inside of you that's really bringing this out, making your business that successful? I, I mean, definitely one is what you just talked about of what you're bringing is what you're getting back out of this. But is there anything else that you feel that you're really you really excel at? Yeah, well, first of all, is being positive. And we choose to do that. And I choose to be happy because happiness is a choice, not a trait. 
And whatever position I'm in, I may not like it. I get sad just like everybody does, but I choose to be content in every situation that I'm presently in. And I did that when I was young as a kid, and I'm doing it now as an adult. So first of all, it's choice. Carol Dweck wrote a great book called Mindset. And in that book, there's two mindsets. One is growth and one is fixed. And we do not want a fixed mindset because you just say, it's the card I was dealt. It's just the way it is. It's my personality. It's just the way it is. And that's not true. I used to be very arrogant and you wouldn't even entertained me being your guest when I was in my twenties and early thirties because I read my own press clippings. I thought, well, I'm a smart guy. You know, I've got money. I'm 27. Everything I touch turns to gold. I'm cocky. I'm, I'm arrogant. I was, and it took some humbling along the way. Uh, my dad told me once, he said, son, be careful when you're climbing that ladder and the people you pass, because if you fall, you'll pass the same people coming down. And it really made an impact on me. And it made me think, you know, I do need to be careful. I don't know who I'm talking to and I need to treat everyone the same. And so my mindset is, is to treat people the same. Two things that have really helped me be successful in my life. One is a principle that my mom instilled in me. My mom would not allow me to say the word can't. She'd say, you might not be able to do it, but you're going to try. And she had this little saying that said, can't, couldn't do it, and could, did it all. And as a result of that, it's given me great self-confidence and it's built self-esteem because when she pushed me to try those things, uh, I was successful at them and it gave me self-confidence. The other thing that I hear the most is people say, I'm afraid. And I said, what are you afraid of? I'm afraid to fail. And I say failure is not even in my vocabulary. There's one of two things. You either succeed or you learn. And don't repeat what you learn and go for it and you can be successful. So my saying there is fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. When my children were little, they would say, Dad, I don't know if I can do it. And I'd say, listen, failure is in not trying, not in not succeeding. And I couldn't lay in bed at night, Stacy, and think, would it have worked? That would kill me. I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know, could it have been different? I'd rather try it and learn and it not work and try something else. So I think your mindset is very, very important in being successful. The other thing is, is I'm a huge encourager. I want to encourage people to go to the next level. I've always been an encourager. And I think that we need to use those skills. And I think we need to edify others, empower them, lift them up, encourage them. Listen, I can't even begin to tell you what encouragement does. You grab your son or daughter by the shoulder and say, I believe in you. I've got confidence in you. Or you go to that guy and you say, hey, business people say you've got it. I don't know exactly what that is, but you have it. And I want to encourage you to continue going forward. Or you look at your wife and you say, I believe in you. You know, you, you're the apple of my eye. You're my soulmate, and I'm here for you. I want to be a servant leader to you, and you encourage them. You'll develop relationships like you've never experienced. And so I think we choose to do these things, and if you're looking for good, you're going to find good. But if you're looking for bad and you're pessimistic, 
I promise you that's what you're going to find. Yeah. And, you know, this week I actually caught myself um, feeling bad for myself and for my child. My seven-month-old has been sick. Every week it's like she catches something else. And I remember thinking, you know, can I just get a break here? Like, why is this keep happening to her? And I and I really, I know the, the effects of positivity. And I thought to myself, you know, there are people in children's hospital praying that their kid would only have something as small right. as an earache, you know? Right. So that really keeps me going when I think it could always be worse. And we really, truly are blessed. Even if you think something is going wrong in your life, put it into perspective and, and think who would wish they could be in your position. Right. Right. You know, a lot of that too, Stacey, and I don't know how your audience is with this, but I'll share it because it's who I am as a person. I'm a Christian. And so I look to God to lead me and to direct me and to help put me on the path where I belong. It doesn't mean everything's going to be easy, you know, but God's got a bigger purpose. And it says in the Bible that all things work out, you know, for the good and the greater of God. And he's got a plan. And I just believe that it's Romans eight twenty eight, And I just believe that if you're obedient to the leadership in your life, that the things do work out. Absolutely. Well, great. Well, thank you so much. Let me ask you, especially with your, well, let's talk about work-life balance a little bit. And I know you mentioned you have been on several podcasts and that can be really time consuming. So how do you make sure, you know, how do you structure your day to get the most out of it when you have such a time consuming activity like podcasting? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I spend probably uh, 25 or 30% of my time uh, doing interviews as well as writing and we do content, uh, vast amounts of it because we do inbound marketing. And so we're constantly creating content, doing interviews, uh, and it's designed that way on purpose, you know, because without the customers, you know, we're nothing, right? So we have to develop uh, an audience. And so it's primary uh, because without it, nothing else works. We're very strategic in what we do and we're very documented. I mean, it's very, uh, thought out. Uh, we have a long-term plan. I'm launching a book this year. It'll come out at the end of 2016. And we've been deliberately doing interviews to build our audience uh, to launch our book. And I've been invited back by all the podcast hosts uh, at the time of the launch. And we're going to do kind of a blitz. So it's well thought out. We, we believe, I have a COO, his name's Tom Schwab, lives in Kalamazoo, Michigan. He and I meet quarterly. I live in Nashville and we'll fly to somewhere and meet and we'll spend two or three days in a hotel and we'll go in the conference room and we plan every week, every mastermind group, every one-on-one, we plan the books, the theme, what we blog about. It's very intentional. And then all we have to do is execute. See, I don't spend every day thinking, well, I wonder what I'm going to do today. I know exactly what I'm going to do today because I have a plan. And a lot of people say, well, I've got to get hyped up and I've got to get. No, you don't, uh, because, you know, that that kind of being hyped up, uh, it, it goes away. But what doesn't go away, it's exhaustible resource. You know, motivation is. But what's not exhaustible is a plan. And Dan Miller has been my personal coach now for almost 20 years. And he, he knows hourly, weekly what he's going to be doing. And he looks if some other shiny object comes along and he says, well, that's good. You're going to do good with it, but you're not going to do it with me because it's not on my plan. And so if you'll execute that plan and be excellent at it, Greg McCowan's got a great book out called Essentialism. And Greg teaches in the book, don't be an inch deep and a mile wide. Don't do 15 things because you don't have the bandwidth to do that. 
you need to niche down and that's where people really mess up. You need to be an inch wide and a mile deep and you need to really exhaust two or three things. You don't need to be on every social media platform. You don't need to talk to the world because if you're talking to everybody, you're talking to no one. And so we're very specific on our avatar. We know where they eat, what they look at, what they read. We know where they're at. We know how to go after our avatar because we've studied them. And so just be very specific in the things that you want to accomplish and do two or three things well, and you'll be successful. Yeah, it's all in the preparation. When you're talking about, you know, the end of 2016, you're going to launch this book. Most people at the end of 2016, they finally go, okay, we got to get on some podcasts. Whereas you already have this thought out plan, right? You're strategizing and that's what people miss out on. So that's such a great takeaway. You know, my sister was uh, the secretary for one of the Japanese officials with Bridgestone and um, they would go into their conference room and they would plan and they would plan and they would plan. Then once the plan was complete, they would go back and they would do a contingency plan. The third step was a contingency plan for the contingency plan. But when they fired the gun, they were ready to ride the bullet. It was they knew where they were going. They knew what they were doing. And if it didn't work, they could pivot quickly and they could go to their contingency plan. And then they had a backup for there. Well, what most people don't do is they don't plan at all. They just get out there and they go for it. They have no rhyme or reason why they're going for it. They don't know what's next. They don't know what their themes are. They don't know what their books are, their schedule, their strategy. They don't know any of that. It's, you know, I forgot who said it, but they said if you were given six hours to chop down a tree, you need to spend the first two hours sharpening the axe, right? And that's what people don't do. If you'll sharpen your axe, you're better prepared and you'll be able to know where you're going. you got to have the end in mind before you start. Absolutely. Well, one last question before we go. I know when you talked about retiring so many times, I can imagine you had felt lost a lot of those times when you you didn't know how to get back and where should you go next? And what motivated you to to find something? And, and how did you rediscover yourself every time you did that? Yeah, well, that was the value of having people that are trusted advisors around you. And I want to encourage everyone that's listening to this. If you're a loner, you don't need to do that. You need to get in community. You need to be with somebody. Let me explain that a little deeper. Not your family members, uh, not, not your business partners. I'm talking about people with no agenda, right? They're trusted advisors that have nothing to gain or lose as a result of telling you the truth. And I could talk for hours about situations that I went to my mastermind group and I said, I'm going to do this or that. And they steered me the other way. They said, you can't do that. And here's why. See, we only have one lens. We only have one filter. We only have one upbringing, the way we see things. But when you have five or 10 trusted advisors that you believe that their that your best interest is uh, coming from them, they have nothing to gain. They'll tell you the truth. And Robin and I recently was going to do a business deal. And she said, what do you think? And I said, I'm ready to do it. She said, what about your guys? And I said, I hadn't talked to them yet. So I go and talk to them individually, not as a group, individually. Eight of the 10 told me not to do it. And when I go back now and I look at the reasons, they were exactly right. It would have been a miserable failure had I done it the way I was going to do it. I didn't have the perspective. So I didn't have what they had. That's why that there's wisdom in the counsel of the multitudes, right? Normally, they're smart people, and you put those smart people together, and now the IQ is genius. 
And when you have a collective agreement among the majority, more than likely it's going to work out. So for me, I have to have people around me. I ask a million questions. I run it up the flagpole with numbers of people that I trust. I don't, as Dave Ramsey says, ask broke people for financial advice. So you want to find people that has experience in the areas that you want to go. And there, you said it earlier, and I'll end with this. There's nothing truer than you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. If you want to know where you're going to be in five years, look at the company you're keeping. That's where you're going to be. Absolutely. And what a great way to end this. And, and I hope people truly believe that and they'll actively do something about it. Find mastermind groups like what Aaron's talking about. I, I absolutely agree with you. Before we go, can you give me some more information? Where can we find you? Just any place for my viewers to check more information on you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, first of all, Stacy, it's been a really uh, an experience and a delight to be with you today on Business Rescue Roadmap. So thank you for having me as your guest. There's two or three things I would just like to mention. First of all is the book coming out uh, in the fall of 2016. It's called View from the Top. That's the name of our company, and it's kind of my life story and journey. Uh, the second thing is is the community, and I'm most excited about the community. It's very affordable. So I encourage you to go to viewfromthetop.com and you can learn everything you'd like to know there. I did bring a little gift for your listeners. There are three documents that I wrote that I've taken the price off of. One of them is called personal assessment, where you really dive deep into yourself and you look at your identity, your ideals, your relationships, your career, your faith, your family, and you answer some questions. There's not a right or wrong. It's just thought-provoking questions. The second one is called, what do I want? Most people, Stacy, don't know what they want. You ask them, if tomorrow there were no geographic or financial limitations, what would you do with your life? Most people can't answer that question. So this is another thought-provoking 30 questions that you can just ask yourself to live your life intentionally and live it proactively instead of reactively. The third one is called Steps to the Productive Day. It's kind of a to-do list on steroids. I'm very, very regimented in my daily activities. It's very well thought out. I know exactly what I'm going to be doing for the most part every day, not every single day. You know, I'm human just like you, and sometimes I fall off the bandwagon too, but this document helps keep you focused. So I'd like to give it to all your listeners. And if you'll go to viewfromthetop.com forward slash roadmap, all in lowercase letters, those documents are there free for you to download. And hopefully it will aid you to have a successful and significant life. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to have all of those in my show notes too. So guys, feel free to go there and grab those links and definitely check it out. I'm I'm going to be checking it out for sure. I, there was a bunch of things that caught my eye. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. And thank you so much for being here. What a pleasure talking with you and just such incredible stories and experience that you shared with us today. Thanks, Stacey. Have a good day. We'll see you. Hey, before you go, I want to ask you, do you love listening to the Business Rescue Roadmap? Would you like to work with me one-on-one? -on -one? If so, go to stacytushel.com forward slash coaching. For a limited time, I have a few spots each week. I take on less than one client every day where I help you save your business and rescue your life. And I help you design your own personal business rescue roadmap. I hope you check it out, stacytushel.com forward slash coaching. 
We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Business Rescue Roadmap. Be sure to visit StacyTushel.com for more free content, videos, and online courses like the Get Focused Academy that helps you let go of distractions and take the action necessary to achieve your dreams. We look forward to helping you save your business and rescue your life here on the Business Rescue Roadmap.